0: You know a lot of people are like oh like you're opening a bookstore <laughs> god speed <laughs> are you a mom with a story to tell but not sure where to start publishing a book is kind of overwhelming now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life my name is jackie and i'm a mom and an indie author and i'm here to show you how step by step to get your books written published and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these moms write. Hi moms, are you an indie author? If so, you probably at some point will be interested in getting your books listed at a local indie bookstore. Well, today's episode is a little different than usual because it's all about hearing about book world from the view of an independent bookseller. Julie Wilkins is the owner of The Little Bookshop, a storefront and mobile bookstore in Squamish, BC, and the founder of the Inclusive Culture Club group on Facebook, which is a community organization dedicated to bringing more diverse children's books to her community. Like most of us here, Julie is a relative newcomer to the publishing industry, having pretty recently left a successful career in branding after her own self described midlife crisis, which is also a topic that comes up a lot on this show. In today's episode, this mother of two shares her incredible pivot into the world of books, as well as useful tips that indie authors like you can apply to gain access to book selling opportunities like hers please welcome Julie Wilkins hey Julie hi thanks for coming on the podcast today thanks for having me I want to hear your early midlife crisis (laughs) okay my very early
1: midlife crisis was long ago I've I've peaked long ago and just um had been doing brand strategy and marketing for so long and loved all of the roles that I had in it but also did not you know, to the point with both of the, with that where I was feeling like, what am I doing with my existence for the universe? And then as I said to you earlier, I was gonna become a teacher. That was like what I was gonna do for the universe. And then went to volunteer to school and realized like, that's just as bad as marketing and hard. <laughs> Sorry, teachers. Uh, I, I like can't even imagine now during a pandemic being a teacher. I feel I just want to I just want to give them all the books and all my money. So just continue in marketing as you do during the pandemic. I was um, my main kind of core of marketing became kind of tourism, and my it was really slow. Obviously during the pandemic, and so <laughs> I. <laughs> That was great. Yeah. Everybody. And then, um, also at that time, there was so many big things happening in the world. So there was like pandemic. There was all sorts of like Black Lives Matter, you know, in a way that like my eight year old had access to it in a way she hadn't before. And just mm. like um, my best friend was having a baby with a surrogate and he's gay. And there was just like a lot of big topics for my six and eight year old. And I was like, we'll turn to our library our bookshelves because when we go to the dentist or something new we like go to our bookshelves and get the book and talk about you know and learn together turns out like peppa pig doesn't really talk about systemic racism I know so we got rid of all our books in a pandemic crisis midlife crisis I just like just into a bag the shelf um, and then ordered all bunch of diverse voices and redid our own bookshelves. And then our friends were asking if they could borrow the books. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is something I can do in my community. Like everyone can borrow the books. So I created a, uh, um, an online club called the Inclusive Culture Club. Have like over 200 books for people to borrow in our town for, that they might not have access to from little publishers that maybe wouldn't be in the stores or library here. That quickly kind of grew into doing online book reviews because that would help publishers who want to give me books for free. So growing the library by doing online posts and sharing my thoughts on some of these awesome books. Um, And then, yeah, it's kind of just grown from there. And then we started doing a bunch of community programming and applying for grants, which turns out when you apply for grants, you actually have to like execute on the grant proposals. So I'm doing that. We're doing that. Oh,
0: little uh, life. Okay. That's a good tip. A <laughs> little life hack there. <laughs> Hot tip. Uh,
1: when you're one person, don't apply for all the grants.
0: <laughs> so
1: we're doing a bunch of programming in town, which is super awesome. We're doing one that's called Books for Change, where the District of Squamish and Squamish Community Foundation gave us funds to give each school um, about $300 to get diverse books. But Um, We did a program where it's kid-led, so we've asked the schools to talk to their students about what books they think would better represent them that might be missing in their library right now, or what books might help them, or what topics might help them open their minds up to things that they're not really sure about in our community, and kind of foster acceptance and bring diversity, Mm -hmm. more diverse titles to their library, so it's been really cool seeing those, how they did it, each school did it really differently, and those orders come in have been like really, really cool.
0: So do the kids pick the books or do they just identify an issue? It could be either the school,
1: it has to just be like a student led process. So mm. as long as some people did like a small group of students, you know, diverse students spoke for the whole school. Some people did a, um, a questionnaire across all the students. Some people like gave books to choose from and asked them to choose like, yeah. So everyone's mm. kind of doing it differently. This room really, it's been really cool.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. And, and so you started with a, <laughs> was it a book blog where you were doing uh, the reviewers? Like so after you... it was, Yeah. It's just like an online, like a social media
1: thing. Um, and then so people could come to my house and pick up the book, like they would place the orders for the books they wanted to borrow. And then they would just, just put them out for them and they would come get them and bring them back in two weeks. And Wow.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. It was just like a free thing. You're just offering them freely.
1: Yeah, it was like my way of coping with a global (laughs) apocalyptic pandemic and other big issues that I felt very distanced from in my little lovely mountain town.
0: I just want to go back through this a little bit. Um, So then, so you got this community initiative going and then you started a book blog where you were reviewing books so that you could build up this inventory. Yeah. So
1: mainly, it wasn't uh, on a website, but it was, like, on social media. I would just oh, do okay. about the books. Um, oh, I see. Sent to me. Um, and, yeah, just built in, building relationships with a bunch of publishers and, and oh. those titles here. And then... Yeah. And then everyone kind of was asking how to get their hands on those books afterwards. So if they borrowed one and they loved it and they wanted it in their own library, then I was sending them away because we don't have a bookstore in Squamish with new books. So we have really awesome um, used bookstores, multiple of them, um, but we don't really have uh, a new bookstore Mm. And in Whistler, there's um, Dan from Armchair Books, he's like the best, and um, he delivers to Squamish, so he has lots of options, and, but he does have like a, a larger, I think, adult section than kids, so we, we nice. really specifically focus on zero to young adult, and then nice.
0: the bookshop started from there, yeah. Tell me more about starting the little bookshop, so now we know why. It was probably more than just like, oh, and then the, this truck full of books showed up in my driveway. <laughs>
1: no, no. It was, uh, yeah. So basically, we, I, I think I, I'm like compulsive. We, I don't know if anyone else does this, but like I say we instead of me. Like it's really just my business and me as one human doing all of these things, but I like to say we. <laughs> to like all of them and I think it makes me feel like it's not all on my shoulders or something.
0: <laughs> yeah I love that because I was wondering who the we was and I love that you <laughs> I, I, I identified that Uh and why you why are doing that it's wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah or maybe it's like a branding past life branding thing like we speak for the we but there is no we. Yeah
0: well you're used to speaking for brands right and now you're speaking for Julie. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. It's been so great. Anyway, so
1: uh, I looked, I'm going to say we more, but we'll just start with I for this one. Um, okay. <laughs> I looked into what it would take to kind of open a storefront here and without like knowing, we had a bookstore, I think 10 years ago in Squamish and then it was closed and people were very sad and everyone who talks to me about books expresses that like deep sadness that we don't have a bookstore. So I wondered why you know why I haven't really figured out why they closed or why has someone hasn't done that since then. And um, that I looked into um, real estate or like leasing. And I was like, Oh, that's why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Um, how many people live in Squamish for for people that aren't familiar with it? A
1: population of over 20,000 Squamish is one of the 10 fastest growing communities in Canada. What okay, we looked into a storefront and it was terrifying. and not without knowing anything about the business or anything about that world at all. I just didn't feel comfortable. And then um, it was one of those serendipitous Facebooks hearing you spamming things, or maybe like Facebook knew I needed a glass of wine, but there was a wine cart that popped up at, like at that moment, <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe I could do a mobile version and that's less scary and there's no overhead. And we can, as a mom, it's just nice to be able to be flexible and keep your hours like as you can. And if you're needed to be at home, it's like a food truck. You just close it up. And we started, I think we opened online in May. um, And then we opened the cart in September and it's just been so basically like my job is, to just sit in a cute thing and people come up and like talk about how much joy the cute thing brings them also. And then talk about books and support local authors. And it's
0: awesome. You just park it. Do you tell everyone this is where the bookshop is going to be? And then they just come to you. Yeah. So we have a
1: permanent spot. So like permanent spot we're part of. So Swamish has this really awesome program that this is something to know because a lot of people ask me about franchising or, um, how they could do this in their own towns. But something that's important to note is that we have this program, it's called the Commercial Vendor Program and it's parallel to the food truck program. And I don't think a lot of communities have that. So it allows me to like every day set up in one spot and I don't have to like apply to go to farmers markets. Like I can, but I don't have to additional have that additional cost where I think as some um, in some communities, you'd, you'd be relying on like the market vendor programs and things like that to, to open. Yeah. So I have a permanent spot downtown and that's where I am
0: normally, but then I can trade with other vendors and move around if I want to. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So, And that's uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that, is that something you even knew existed? Like when you first saw the wine truck, you're like,
1: (sighs) I I was, yeah. So I think that was, that was really part of why it made it less scary because it's like, if you can pay for a cart and you can pay for books And you have a spot. What's the worst? You know, like there's, there's not a lot lot of risk, as much risk as like a storefront would be.
0: It's almost like the universe was really aligning for you on this one.
1: Yeah, I know that's like I think in my before my midlife crisis, I used to (laughs) hear all these people talking about how like oh you know when it's it's just so easy, and I'd be like okay nothing is like that. (laughs) But actually, it had this has this process has been really like that. It's just been like there's very clear direction and opportunities and it just feels like I, I've learned like I've had to learn everything about the book business I've had to learn everything about cart you know ordering cart, you know just all everything creating my own website which I mean i am been in marketing so I but I usually just give somebody else all the information and tell them what to do so um it's been it's been really like a huge learning curve but it's also super fun and like I think that's part of why it feels easy and why people feel like that when they find something that they're like this all felt so easy it's because I like really like doing it and it's not necessarily easy but it's like worth the effort
0: Mm. yeah I love that distinction because you I mean you had a great career in branding like you said and and marketing nothing wrong with what you were doing but it just like maybe the crisis comes when you're like this isn't really fun anymore I think part of being part of
1: I was part of really large brands which was so phenomenal I think part of part of why it's joyful for me right now too is like I literally sometimes wake up in the morning and I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna post on social media today like or I don't even know maybe I'm gonna order this but you know it's like literally just me being like what do you feel like doing today it's not like there's no there's no chain of like what should this post say six months before we post it you know it's it's just like it's pretty immediate and flying mm-hmm. by the seat of my pants feeling, which is really nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have the freedom now, right. And you can do, what feels more organic and more like true to you. You, I mean, you have the special joy of connecting people with books, which is like, it's like the end result, right. Of all these other things that go on before that. Like what's that experience been like for you? Oh, it's, it's
1: so Glorious! It's like, yeah, I I don't even have words. It's just, it's, just, it's been so cool. I, I I will say that, like, I when I was selling books online first, uh, which was mm. good because I could figure out how to do that before I opened a store, so that was great. Um, I it was nice and it was like rewarding every time someone bought something and you're like, yay! But it's like the actual connection to the kids because I'm a kids bookstore main pri- like primarily. Um, that was really lacking because you're you're dealing with an adult usually of some kind, like caregiver or whatnot. Um, And they're excited, but they're like, they're excited that you're helping them solve a problem or fill a gap or find something, right? But like a kid is just like, they're excited because if they're little, they're excited because it's awesome and everything is, you know, life is amazing and books are part of it. And, you know, um, you can find something that like kind of speaks to them. But I really, I feel like when I first opened, I was excited about babies and like little kids. I was like, Oh, they're going to be so cute. And, but it's like, the <laughs> and tweens that come in and like, are just like, thank you. This is my space. Oh. Like I needed this, our town like need, like, and they're, and they're just like pouring through books and they know what they want. And they're like, have all these suggestions and they're super engaged and excited and it's just like that makes me well up even talking about it, It's like that has like restored my faith. in humanity. So <laughs> It's not only really like connecting people to books which is like awesome and oftentimes people come in knowing what they want um, but it's just like seeing like how important that part of the world is to like different humans for different reasons kind of thing and just like witnessing
0: that joy is like so nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's beautiful. it. Hey. do you, and so you get like a lot of teens coming in.
1: Yeah, yeah, lots of lots of like cute like tweens and teens like running towards like you know they've made it like on a bus after school and like you know we close at whatever time and they're just like and it's yeah and like.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I love that picture. Yeah. Have you ever had one like running by the side of you as you're like pulling out and you're like driving down the road and they're like, wait. No, but I was like, my husband was like, you should get the ice cream cart music. Like, and I was like, well, that'll be very disappointing for some children. (laughs) But yes, others would be very excited. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And frankly, I'm shocked that as the branding expert, it had to come from him.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know. Yeah, clown shoes and jazz hands is...
0: Yeah. Uh, we are
1: also, understanding also, I didn't, do you want to know this information?
0: No, I don't care about this. <laughs> of course. Tell me what's <laughs> happening next. Of course I want to know. So yeah,
1: so it's, just, it's like been totally like exceeded
0: my expectations for like people's,
1: you know, joy and like excitement. And so we, started with the cart doing some more things like on the days that were not open doing book fairs at schools so we like tested it out with a couple of the littler schools in town and we like park on their parking lot and then the kids can come out and we do story time and then the parents come and at the end of the day and they can either buy books for their teachers or they can shop for themselves and all the money is like a fundraiser for the schools and that's uh-huh. really fun um, we've been doing markets and other things and we're like very excited to travel. We've got, you know, people on Bowen Island who want us to come and people in Pemberton and whatever. So we're trying to make sure our vehicle <laughs> rotor- <Real safe>. yeah. <laughs> is apocalyptic ice blocks to leave the streets before we like, but um, yeah, but I think um, being open in a mobile way um, during atmospheric rivers is, um, It was like, A, it was not awesome, but B, it was great because it showed that we can like do it even and survive even when we can't open like four of the six intended days that we want to open (laughs) because of the weather. Um, And we're like pretty waterproof, but like we're not like sideways rain into (laughs) paper products waterproof.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a liability. So um,
1: yeah, so we are actually, we did a pop-up shop on second Avenue in Squamish. And then now we're just, um, we're going to stay, we're going to, we're taking it over. We're going to like have a little permanent spot there. And then our cart is going to continue to do school programming and travel and be awesome in its little mobile way. But we really found that like in that short period of time, it was clear that like the local people need consistency and are looking for they were so excited and but they're like no but I have a birthday party at four where are you and where I want to drop my kid off to find some books like um but there's not enough space for them to kind of sit and mull over their choices or whatnot so we're 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 diversifying and doing both now which is very
0: terrifying so it's an actual this is like the storefront yeah Yeah, that you were terrified of but now you've built up Enough so that you're ready to take the plunge.
1: Yeah. I think it was like, I needed proof and to kind of understand that this was like a midlife crisis so that was going to stick. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just like market research, you know, like I, I couldn't just go from zero to that. And I don't think it would have been successful if I did, to be honest. Cause I think the baby step was, is like been part of the reason why it's been so successful
0: totally because you're going out into the community right you're hmm. like getting in front of people and building relationships in that special like way that a mobile unit allows you to right yeah.
1: and now like one of the things that we wanted to do I wanted to do when I first opened it and the reason why cart was so appealing to me also is like accessible is exactly that I like really wanted to be able to go to parts of the community that don't like have easy access or are not able to leave or don't necessarily like wouldn't be motivated to come to like find a book Mm. or or Mm. see themselves in a book. So like now we can really focus the cart on doing those kinds of things while the shop is just there for the people who want to come and sit and like pour over the books and have more space to do. So it's like, it's like that can start more doing the thing that it was supposed to be doing. So that's cool.
0: That's so cool. It's like your outreach, your book outreach. So getting in front of people I yeah. might not think you know, they might not think, Oh, I, I want a book, but with the go yeah. getting in front of them, totally you're actually yeah, changing their mindset.
1: That's cool. Like Dream World, the shop is the
0: shop and then the cart is just full of free
1: books and I just drive around all day and I like like the book fairy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just throw books out the window because yeah, that's totally. like,
1: yeah, <laughs> like soft covers because you don't want to injure people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the baby ones—they usually yeah. have like a rounded edge. Those would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did did people think that you were crazy when you said you're going to start a bookstore? There's there's definitely like two
1: camps of humans. There's like the like long sigh like the like the like. The, like, like the, oh yeah. Yeah, cool bookstore. And then like <laughs> they're the people who are trying really hard not to follow up with questions like, but well, what about Amazon? Or like, have you considered chapters? As a <laughs> uh, so there's those people, and then there's like the other people who are just like, of course, like every town needs a bookstore. It's crazy that we don't have one, and yay! And we're gonna do everything in our power to like help it be successful and keep it here. So,
0: But like, what's your big
1: driving vision? Well, as I said, Jackie, I'm just like live every morning waking up and creating a new vision. (laughs) But um, in the immediate future, um, definitely trying to figure out how to do both well, both the cart and the shop, but also layering on the Inclusive Culture Club into that and not making them feel so separate. Like, the mm. bookshop was really not, a, like, an unexpected... Well, the book cart was an, an unexpected, like, offshoot of the Inclusive Culture Club, and then the store is an unexpected offshoot of the cart. And then now I just have to, like, figure out how to bring them all so that they're all doing what they want to be doing. So I feel like there's so much opportunity for um, grant-funded community programming through the Inclusive Culture Club that's not that wouldn't be true through the retail locations but then there's more opportunity to bring amazing titles in from the retail location yeah there's just I think there's Uh, like like, there needs to be found but I don't know I don't know how to do that yet I don't the answer is I don't know but (laughs) (laughs) but
0: I can see I see what you're saying yeah because like the Inclusive Culture Club is like Nonprofit end of it so it's it's really the the bottom line there is like increasing access to diverse books and being creative and how you do that and then the books or the retail is you know you need to obviously sell books to keep Mm -hmm. it viable but so they work together but now i think you agree that like the underlying theme and everything
1: is Bringing more diverse books to this community, and then hopefully other communities eventually. Um, mm. That's just that's like this should have a T-shirt. <laughs> that's the thread for that's sure. True. And you know, yeah. making them available for people to buy is one arm of that, and making them available for authors to come and read out loud and engage with their people is another way, and all the things from the inclusive culture club is another way. There's this like many arms to that, but it's just like all in the name of like. Mm. diversifying bookshelves
0: yeah sorry peppa you're not welcome here <laughs> maybe peppa has
1: gone on a existential journey that i don't know about and you know is beyond muddy puddles now and is moving into like activism that's right
0: Who knows?
1: i want to i feel like i'm not adding value necessarily to your demographic yet
0: <laughs> like, what yeah, i know I think you are. The thing is what people love is people that are passionate about books. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what writers are, that writers are are voracious readers and they love hearing from people that are book lovers.
1: Yeah. As well. I think think too, like um, my, if I had to, if you want me to, you didn't ask me to give advice, but my advice. (laughs) to you. That's my for
0: advice. That's a good accent. I feel like I'm more committed now to whatever's coming next. Hear ye, hear ye.
1: I have advice. Um it would be I feel like people reach out to me all the time. And sometimes this even happens with big publishers that I deal with. They send me like advanced reading copies of books that I would never sell. Like I, you know, before I had any adult books, there was just they would send me titles that made no sense. And same for authors. Like, it just seems like sometimes if you're um, independently publishing, I don't, you know, that you're just reaching out to whoever and that totally makes sense. But I, I would, from a bookseller's perspective, like a very new bookseller's perspective and like a human perspective, I would really appreciate it if you knew what I was selling and why. And then you could see where you could insert yourself into that or whether it didn't make sense. And then maybe don't, and then I don't have to say no. I don't like saying no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, totally. I think that's great advice, if, especially for, yeah, those independent authors who would be doing that reaching out mm-hmm. as opposed to like a, a publisher doing it, you know, for them where they would have little like contact over that communication. But like if you're an independent author and you're reaching out to people like the little bookshop, then you need to know what you guys are all about and in
1: mm-hmm. any
0: case. And I think it's like, I think it's the same for,
1: I feel like an important other step would be finding online influencers who are within your genre. Like I, as a bookseller follow people who I know are aligned to my brand values and who are going to be showcasing titles that make sense for me um, and who I respect. So I think it's the same thing as, like, finding those people who, you know, I'm sure those people get a lot of asks. And if you, if you look carefully at their Instagram and social media, they will tell you, like, we're not accepting requests or this is what the process looks like for sending in um, writing and things like that. And I know it's not easy, but at least I think if you come from a place of, like, feeling like there's some kind of connection or making, you know, it makes sense that you're reaching out to them, then I think that's a better place to start than just spamming
0: yeah so that's interesting so you get ideas for titles that you want to bring into your bookstore by following these um like influencer book reviewers yeah um so i can tell you i'll just
1: give you an example of a really i'm um, just need to make sure i'm going to say their name right the tiny activists is like someone who um when i was doing the inclusive culture club i would like interact with them um and just in general and you know talk about how awesome they are and those kinds of things. And so it just makes sense that like, you know, we were kind of overlapping the, you know, we had a Canadian focus for the Inclusive Culture Club, but um, yeah, just, yeah, there was just lots of synergies. And so those, those kind of synergies have come, come across to now what we're doing with the little bookshop. So I think that's, mm-hmm. I don't know if other people do that, but that was just how my process went. Right. So.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And then as the independent Um, author to reach out to those tiny activists to to see if they can then um, if they're aligned with your book and then if so would they uh, promote it and then that feeds into independent bookstores like you're on.
1: What would also be awesome if there was like one rep for independent authors like if you know what I mean like or like someone could start that you could start that this is your new gig so like you know it's really tricky for for me to like respond to individual emails and from at, like all the different levels of humans that you know that we're interacting with so like f- for big publishers they kind of they how ha- they <laughs> I'm gonna butcher this but big publishers have like you know publish all sorts of titles and then there's um uh distributors who Work with a bunch of different publishers, and then there's representatives for those distributors. So, like, I talk to only a few, a handful of humans. They know my brand. They work with up the funnel kind of thing, and they kind of showcase to me what they think would be make sense for me. I also do my own research. but oh, I see. publishing perspective. It would be really cool if it maybe it exists already. If there was like a human who could be like the British Columbia representative of like independent authors and then they oh. go and be like, here's all the humans who have done their own thing, who are really awesome that you're probably not having line of sight on. because You don't have time to do research or answer every single email.
0: You don't get books directly from Penguin. You, you get books from the distributor for Penguin that also is a distributor for other publishing houses. So then they can curate them for you and say, Oh yeah, Julie, I know your brand. So mm-hmm. probably these ones. So, uh, To have an independent version of that would be someone who would then also be representing all the different independently published authors in the region and then say, okay, these ones I think are going to be a fit for you. Mm -hmm. For example, (laughs) there's
1: a lovely author in (laughs) Squamish and her name is uh, Wendy Winter, Wendy Monica Winter, and she has a book called Where's My Joey? And her book was actually a Goodreads pick For one of like the top X Y Z books of the year, Um, and I think she was one of only like two independently published books that were selected for that kind of voting and honor. Um, But like she's like she's doing her own thing and like really represents herself well and all that all that jazz. But I, I like I can imagine that like I don't know whether I would have found her book necessarily if she wasn't a Squamish mom, Squamish local who I have a independent relationship with, you know, like it might've come up through my searching of Goodreads, and it might've come up as like a BC, you know, when I'm doing my BC searches, but like, yeah, I think so just to say that like that alone is like testament to the fact that it's really tricky. And I think there's like awesome ways to like connect and create synergies with like, like-minded booksellers and like-minded authors and like-minded humans
0: yeah i can see it it's it is a struggle then for the independently published authors to get in front of you and it's a struggle for you because you can't have everybody in front of you because then it's just too much information to weed through and you obviously don't have time for all that well and it's like
1: you know for us we want to support i want to support i'm the same i'm the Bookseller version of independent pu- um, independently published authors, right? Like, facts that like it's easier to find those on Amazon, and that if you were on Amazon, you could probably access things that I might not even know exist because they don't get in front of me in a meaningful way.
0: I wouldn't have thought about that perspective as a independent author. You don't know like booksellers world but then as you when you say it I'm like oh yeah of course that makes total sense like how are you going to find out about cool titles when they're they don't have the same distribution organization around them
1: yeah
0: coming back to the first question it's like circling around right. that you enjoy what you do again
1: totally yeah it's it's uh yeah it's like As I said, I think in the initial outset, it's like the difference between like having to do, I don't know if I said it this articulately, but like having to do something versus getting to do something, you know, like there's lots of things I have to do for the business and like that I don't really even know what I'm doing or that don't, that feel like tasks or that still feel like work, but they're like things I get to learn how to do now. They don't feel like, they don't feel like shoulds in the way that work always did kind of.
0: Hmm. That's cool.
1: So far. It's new. Stay tuned. Circle back in like
0: a year. (laughs) And where can people follow, catch up with you online? Mm,
1: We are littlebookshop.ca. And then on uh, Instagram and Facebook, we are littlebookshop Squamish.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for... (laughs) on the show sharing all your book bookishness thanks buddy okay i hope you enjoyed that episode i think it was pretty obvious from the conversation that i certainly did if i didn't mention it before julie and i are old friends from university so it was such a joy to be able to have this opportunity to talk to her okay so here are the top takeaways number one follow your curiosity In this episode, Julie shares how her incredible book journey started just because she wanted to bring more diverse books to her kids. And one thing led to another. This reminds me of what Elizabeth Gilbert says in Big Magic when she describes her process writing the signature of all things. That book started because she was just interested in gardening. And again, one thing led to another. Number two, trust the universe to align. That doesn't mean that things will always be easy as Julie mentioned, but it does mean that the work you put in will be worth the effort. Number three, if you are approaching a bookstore, find out what they are all about. This whole episode was such an incredible example of how passionate booksellers are and how very clear they are on the vision of what they are trying to accomplish with their bookstores. So before you approach, a bookstore find out if there's a story about what they are doing so that you can see if your book fits with that story number four as Julie mentioned she gets a lot of her book recommendations from other book influencers that she follows on Instagram or TikTok. So finding online influencers within your genre can be a really great way to access booksellers like Julie. And number five, remember that indie bookstores like indie authors are run by small teams. They may not be able to respond to your emails, but the upside of that is that if you can find another more human way to connect with them, that can make all the difference. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I will post links to Julie's bookstore and the culture club in the show notes. I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.